Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 561. From November 21st, 1997, a Sunday night show. Starting on a new week with guests Save Ferris. Adam and Drew discuss the death of Michael Hutchins from NXS. With the guests on episode 409, which is missing from the archive. However, there is a surprise regarding that coming up. This is a new Kevin fan take for a show missing for nearly 18 years. Monique Powell and the band Save Ferris were semi-frequent uh, beloved classic Loveline guests, mostly Monique. Sadly, most of her episodes are missing or incomplete in the archive, but now it looks like we'll be able to repair or replace most of the files, including this one, which is brand new. A very fun episode. Monique's always a great guest. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on Current Day Love Line. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. And Adam Carolla. Yes. Uh, yes, I mean. All right. It's a love line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. Phone numbers for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4555. Jeez, i got to slow down on these openings. I don't think anyone could uh, pick that up. Anyway, we don't want your damn faxes. Save Ferris is here tonight. T-Bone and Monique are both here. The last time I saw Save Ferris, I was in New York. You were there too, Drew. Where were we? You weren't paying attention. You were eating and uh, trying to keep your wife sober so she wouldn't embarrass you in front this of the MTV the, exactly. Uh, that, this is that. <laughs> this was that. after the uh, MTV Video Awards. Yes. And uh, they have this big, oh yeah, at big blowout at this park, which right. is right in the middle of Manhattan. Right. I've been the last three years, I think. Usually they dig up um, some some group that broke up from the seventies, uh, some no Motown <laughs> no, group, but er, er, everyone's dead. Sweet? I remember yeah, I think they had... Uh, they have Sweet do it? No, no. Hey, <laughs> come on, man. Sorry. A couple of those guys are dead, man. Oh. No, I don't know where Sweet is. They're uh, back in Germany. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> Save Ferris played this I year. I remember that. And they were great. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, usually, I don't, I don't know if you guys had been to these shows in years past, but uh, mm-hmm. everyone, is, uh, everyone is way too cool for the room usually and they're much too into um seeing what someone is wearing or trying to figure out uh where they're going to get their next deal going or what have you and the band is just so much uh, elevator music that's playing in the background but uh, save ferris actually uh, got people to turn their head uh, drew a big crowd and uh, got the crowd going and you're one of the members from your band i don't remember the guy's name because um i was drunk and he was drunk too, so he probably slurred. But uh, shorter in stature, mm-hmm. uh, but but sturdy looking. He came up to me after the show. He recognized me, and he said, "We need to come on that radio show." And I said, uh, "No f and what?" No, I said, <laughs> "I said absolutely whenever you're in town." But I don't see him here tonight. I think uh, that was Mark. Who, who that Mark? I, was he uh, shave head? <sighs> was he Oriental? Was no, he, was no, he Hispanic. No, and it's Asian, Asian, by the Thank way. Thank you very much. Sorry, yes, have Oriental my rugs, no, not Oriental it, I think people, right, Drew? Whatever you say, Adam. Right. What's yeah. that? It's probably Mark, our drummer. Well, he, he came up. He was a very nice lad. and um, He is a nice boy. He, He's uh, a nice boy. He wanted to come on the show, but now I don't see him here. That's because his watch got stuck at 420, and he, that's what time he thinks it is right now, so he's still at home. Oh, yeah. It's hard. He yeah. knew because I really wanted to come on the show. 
I think you could have brought him down. Is it you guys are from? You guys are local, right? Yep. Yeah. Orange County. Yeah, I remember you, you actually talked about that when you were on stage that night, right? Um, you referred to coming come all over Orange County or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember probably, that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. I remember Everybody. Hey, 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 hold yeah, on I'm a second. I'm glad you remember us. Yeah. That's cool. Mike, uh, <laughs> mark this. Uh, mark this down on the calendar. Drew's contributing to the show. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Drew. <laughs> What a rare distinction <laughs> for you guys to be here. Excellent. It's the Play-Doh. It's all about the Stanley Cup. <laughs> all right, so Save Ferris is going to be uh, playing the fabulous Acoustic Christmas, which is uh, must be a bit of a bit surreal and a dream come true all at the same time for you guys because anyone who's local knows uh, about the Acoustic Christmas and K-Rock and the Mother Station and all that stuff, so it's, that must be cool. It's pretty funky. Yeah. It's kind of weird because we've been listening to K-Rock for so long. Like me, like... Up hey, I used to listen to this show. I used to, <laughs> I used to really dig Drew. Yeah. yeah. Boy, things have really changed. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was weird. You used to respect me, too. What's weird? You know, it was weird, though, is when, I mean, I grew up in this town. I grew up in North Hollywood. I listen, I'm, I'm a little older than you guys. I listened to K-Rock when it came out on the air uh -huh. uh, in, like, 76, 77. Oh, yeah. When, um... When they're playing like Quiet Riot and stuff, yeah. And, yeah. you know they just didn't know what to play. They're just going to play whatever. It, if there was a guy who was dressed like a chick and he was leading, he was leading a band, uh, he was in. <laughs> but they're they're playing ACDC and they're mm. playing John Hyatt and Van, Graham Parker Van and they, they just had Van Halen. Yeah, they just they didn't know what the hell they wanted yeah. to do. But the point is, is I would listen to this show for for years. I mean, and so when I called you on Friday, I think I called you Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I called you Saturday. Yesterday, yeah. Oh, boy. I had a tough weekend. Yeah. But the point is, is, I called Drew Saturday, just called him. He picked up his phone at home, talked to him for a second, uh, was real quick, told him forget about whatever's going on Sunday, and hung up on him, and then had this weird little brain spasm. I went, <laughs> wow, I just called Dr. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the real weird part is I was in a real hurry to get off the phone with him. <laughs> Couldn't well, get off actually, the phone fast well, I enough. Had a, I had a strange experience, too, because it was a, one of the most pleasant sounding interactions I've ever had with you. I, well, mean, I, says, I actually didn't. Fast. I did, it was quick. <laughs> I didn't walk away with the phone feeling miserable like I normally do. But I even yeah, talk to your answering machine, I feel bad. You usually feel dirty, don't you, after shower? Just, yeah, just, like after yeah, a rape just, scene or yes, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been listening to this show for a long time, too. <sighs> I know. Even before you were on I know. Show. I know now. It sucks. You two <laughs> used to hate each other a lot more, though. I think you've been a lot oh, no. more friendly to each other. Lately. Oh, no, no. We're, we're going into a new phase of problems. <laughs> lately, we, we've sort of been uh, in trouble. What it is is it's like it's like a couple of uh, t like teenage boys wrestling. Is eventually they yeah. get tired yes. and they just either want to masturbate or watch TV <laughs> for like an hour, but then they get back going a little bit later on. That's how we work. Yes. Except for it, it, it's like a it's like a week we'll take off sometimes yes. if we've really been going at it yes. for a, a while. A whole week to masturbate. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I, I use that euphemistically. Uh, oh, okay. I just meant to uh, blow off a little steam and uh, get some of the fluids back in you. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you want to do? Do we want to hear something? No. Let's go, Let's go to a call, and then we'll uh, hear something from us, Save Ferris. Kevin. Yeah, what's happening? Hey, you're 21. Yeah. Hey. hey um, you guys are awesome, by the way. Hey, uh, I think my question's for that. Drew. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend who apparently is pregnant. Um, they've seen heartbeats or something, and uh, pregnant with twins or something. Yeah. yeah, something. I don't know what's going on down there, but uh, pregnant and she claims that she's never had sex. She claims that with her boyfriend that you know they've done some fondling and whatnot, but but no sex. And uh, 
wondering if that's possible. Hallelujah. Yeah, exactly. Not without oh. immaculate conception. No. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, what do you think? I, I think absolutely not. In yeah, fact, I've got, I would agree with I've you. got a bet with my buddy on this one. Yeah. But you know I mean, what I've heard? What? I've heard that, um, well, when I was in school and we had sex class, yes. um, they told us that um, not to get it around you yes, too close. that is true. Because that it semen is could, possible. It is possible semen could uh, work its way up, or the sperm could work its way up. Doesn't that sound weird, though? Because it's yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah and of it, course. And it moves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a, uh, some guys putting some cones around my house just the other day because they... Uh, couple of women driving by <laughs> one of them had her window cracked and uh, now she's pregnant it's, it's all over well when yeah, the wind kicks in that's right yeah but yeah and, and people have called us once in a while and asked questions like i got it on my in my underwear could this possible yeah it's always possible but i i've never heard of a case so it's very unlikely and the, the, certainly the overwhelming probability is that she's for some reason telling an untruth right okay okay hey uh one question for adam mm. adam uh, are there any software developers in uh, boobville um, no. Would you like to be? I'd love to be. All right. All, All right. right, man. I'm letting this boob... <laughs> I've been trying to kill this boobville idea for like a year and a half. The people won't let me do it. What's boobville? I came up with this fictitious place known as boobville about mm -hmm. a year and a half ago. I actually went and looked at some land near Plentywood, Montana, which is right <laughs> by the Canadian border. There's a lot of land out there, mm -hmm. and I thought it'd be nice to keep it near another country in case there was trouble. We all needed to scramble across the border, plus uh, a lot of good strip clubs and beer there over there. And um, I, it was just basically an amusement park for guys who were um, yeah, just amusement park for guys. Uh, they have amusement parks for, for kids, obviously. Uh, women have malls. What do guys have? Okay, they have bars and stuff like that. But but what large-scale place do, does a guy have? Well, I'll tell you, Boobville. So I started working it out, mm -hmm. and then people started applying for positions. Really? Obviously, I'm the mayor. That's, that's interesting. I like I'm not really the mayor. I'm more the commandant. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not really democracy what goes on inside of Boobville. I, mm -hmm. I am the supreme dictator. commander. Yeah, yeah the dictator. Um, but there are openings for, um, you know, staff positions, uh, fluff boy, ah. um, the guy who details my uh, my Bentley. There, there's all sorts of. It's it's. Got, I'm going to set up loosely uh, based on the uh, Larry Flint empire. There you go. Yeah, where he's sort of the supreme guy. We'll be pushed around in a wheelchair. Gold. Yeah, gold wheelchair. Yeah. You should team up with Larry Flint. That way, he can supply the chicks. Yeah, Larry was. Super, We've had Larry in. Here. Yeah, Larry was supremely oh, really? impressed with Adam. Yeah, he sent me a subscription to Gent, which is his busty magazine. It's called Gent. Yeah, I get busty it. Busty uh, magazine. Yeah, I get it every uh, every. It's every other month for some reason, or maybe it just feels that way. <laughs> I think it just feels that way. It's probably every week, but to me, it feels like a good four weeks. But does that uh, mean it's only like a topless mag or something? No. Oh, absolutely okay. not. But it's, but it's all about everything above the waist. Mm, that's where the emphasis lies. Uh, that's but what it's all um, about, huh? but uh, they bear all. And um, he, he, I found out that he published this, and I threatened him uh, that he needed to give me a subscription. <laughs> and the Lord knows uh, he did, yeah. and uh, I'm still enjoying it. comes in a little plain, plain brown uh, bag. Anonymous oh, it's bag. like Christmas once no a month. Knows. High five for Larry Flint. No kidding. And he says his penis works better than ever, by really? the way. Yeah, he has a pump involved. Uh -oh. He has a little pump, and he has, um, where's the reservoir? In his testicles, Drew? Probably. Sometimes they're in the tip of the implant. Now, his, I think, is in his testicles, and he actually said. squeezes his testicles like when the doctor does the blood pressure yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Can you get that, like, involuntary, or voluntary, like, if you didn't need it? No. No? Well, I mean, if you? you guys really want one, I'm sure somebody somewhere would put one in, but not a good idea. He says two pumps, and he's there. 
two yeah. pumps in Have they ear. ever created those for boobs? You could market those in oh. Boobville. Hey, what yeah. about, what See, if, that's kind of, I want you in my lab. Own, you can have your own okay. store. There's room for you in the lab. What if we put them in shoes? Think that would sell? <laughs> Uh, true. See the see the joke is they invented that already. Oh, they did. Uh, uh, see, Drew. Uh, she was just like staring. Like, I yeah. thought they were talking about the penile implant. I need this. I need this. This is my audience all night, by the way. You know, I'm thinking of my parents right now. My mom said to me when she heard I was going on Love Line, "Please don't embarrass me." It's too late. Yeah, You're in a ska band. She's already humiliated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. Actually, she likes the band. Oh, really? Yeah, but I think she's pretty embarrassed right now. Sorry, Ma. Jessica. Yes. Hey. Hey. Wow. That's wow, painful. no, I'm just surprised to be on so quickly. Well, okay. Let's <laughs> put you on hold. No, no, no that, was too, that was just a matter of, that was just a comment. It was? That wasn't my okay. No, it wasn't. I was just didn't want to oh, disappoint Adam, I love you. Don't okay, put me on there hold. you go. What's going on? Um, well, first off, I want to say that um, I, I love Loveline, and I miss it because I'm in New York now, and I'm from Los Angeles. And there's K-Rock in New York, but they don't seem to air Love Live. It's on Sunday at 10 to midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard it then, but it's it's not the same. It's not the same as live and every night. Anyway, I miss you guys. Well, uh, we'd love to be on live every night over there, and um, maybe we'll work it out. <laughs> okay. Can you hear the enthusiasm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot Adam can do about this. All right, Jessica, okay. what do you want? Um, I'm 18 years old, and I'm a virgin, and I'm happy with that. I... I, it's a conscious decision, and I basically decided when I was, you know, 15 or so that I wanted to wait until I was in a serious, loving relationship. Right. And so I'm 18 years old, and the serious, loving relationship has not come along yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what my problem is, because I'm an attractive 18-year-old, I'm in college, and I'm looking around, and I seem to be ending up in these situations where... It's like a one-night thing, you know. I, I oh, heard, we exchange phone numbers, but he never calls back. Tell me something, Jessica. I, I had heard that there is, in some campuses, sort of a trend afoot where there's not a lot of dating going on. They're yeah. Just, they're just sort of hanging out and partying together and that kind yeah. of thing. And that, that's, not a, I, I, that's an unfortunate thing, I think, because people are, are happier and healthier in their relationships and learn more about themselves and what they want from people if they actually date. Exactly. Mm. But I, it, Why don't you I ask feel guys like out? I'm the only one who feels this way, Why don't though? you ask guys out? What? Why don't you ask him guys That's out? That's sort of demeaning, isn't it? No, not what? at all. It's not, no, it, Monique? You no, don't think so? Really, it's, uh -uh. It's, it's not really an issue. I guess I would feel strange because, not because I'm a girl asking a guy out, but, but because the culture. people generally don't date. Yeah, the culture isn't without dating now. Yeah. And I guess it, the, the problem isn't really that, I mean, it, and sometimes I think that I'm not going to be able to wait forever. You know, I'm not yeah. going to want to be 25 and still a virgin because I really think that, it's good to have some sexual experience before you get married. Yes. <laughs> I yes. mean, that's just my personal belief. Okay, but that's probably smart. But, I, you, but you don't want to be disappointed about it. You don't want it to be an unpleasant thing, and right, you don't want to have right. regrets. Well, I think you should create dates. Create dates? That's what I do. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you create a date? Okay, so you like a guy, right? Uh-huh. So you find this guy you like or you found particularly interesting. You know, you kind of get close to him, and you kind of make it like, hey, do you like to bowl? I like to bowl. I love to bowl. So I say, you like to bowl? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go bowling. So yeah. you're saying, go bowling. All right. You're saying be uh, proactive. Yeah. What's Jessica, wrong with that? Yeah. You're, gonna, you're just going to run away otherwise. <laughs> I think you better. We have to get out there. You know why I think it is? I think a lot of men are afraid to ask women out nowadays. I think a lot of men are afraid that they're going to do the wrong thing because women are so much more 
well, I can't say all women, but so many women are so much more independent now. Like, well, so many of us aren't afraid to ask it, guys it, it out on It seems to me that in the past, um, this country had a sort of protocol, which is uh, mm -hmm. the guy would come a-courting, you know? Right. He'd uh, get himself, uh, put a handful of the pomade in the hair and get himself a, uh, a carnation, and mm -hmm. he'd go ask the... Well, this is back when. Yes. I don't know, maybe this is some Jimmy Rogers song or something. <laughs> Jimmy but Stewart movie. The point is, is there was an order. Guys asked girls out. Mm -hmm. They did it all the time. If a girl didn't want to go out with a guy, she said no, and it wasn't, wasn't any big deal because as a guy, that's just basically what you did. Now uh, everything's a little foggy out there. You're you're considered uh, first off, everyone's lesbian, so you don't even know yeah. who you're talking to anymore. Women are different nowadays. Sexually, uh, secondly, you're considered some sort of deviant uh, if you try to lure a woman away from her group and get her alone in a car or something. It, it, the, everything the, the lines have been blurred a little bit. Is all all I'm saying. So maybe you have to take some initiative. But the good news is, is a guy who would respect you and your vir virginity would be a guy who's a little more old-fashioned and tend to be more apt-to-date than hang out with the clique and, uh, and do poppers or whatever yeah, those no, kids I are mean, doing these days. Most of the guys that I've had experiences with have been very respectful of my virginity, and I've been surprised at that because I hear all these horror stories about, you know, a guy bringing up sex, the girl saying, I'm a virgin and I'm not interested in having sex with you, and him being like, see you later. But that's never really been the situation with me. If I've been getting together with a guy and... You know, he takes out a condom, and I have to say, look, I'm really not going to do that. I've never had a guy be like, well, then whatever, and get up and walk away. I mean, most of the time, it's just been like, all right, well, let's continue with what we're doing. But, right, I mean, but... that's not really the issue. It's just that these guys, you know, I can get together with them, or I can, you know, feel some kind of connection, and then they all don't. All right, all right, all right, retired. Jessica's <laughs> enough. We don't feel sorry for you. You're good looking. You're 18. You're virgin. And you're healthy. You, you have nothing. You're healthy. Yeah. You're really healthy. Maybe you got really bad breath. No, just be patient. Yeah. Jessica, you, you're, yeah. all you're telling us is that you're 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 frustrated. And you're impatient, uh, and you've got a kind of a peculiar cultural environment that you're stuck with. Break through that cultural environment and be patient, and you'll be fine. You will be fine. Tisha. Hello. You're 21. Hi. You're on with Save Ferris. Hi. Hi, oh Tisha. I'm so excited. <laughs> um. I just wanted to ask if you guys were going to be doing any more touring and coming to the Bay Area. Yeah, actually, we're coming up to the Bay Area in, I think, the end of January. Are you serious? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly where we're playing or what day or anything, but I know we're heading up to that neck of the woods. Oh, yay! Yay! yay. Oh, <laughs> you guys are so cool. Yeah. So are you. Thanks. Here's the beauty of Save Fair. So a lot of the times uh, when you go see a band, you, you have to know the songs. And uh, if they decide to play the songs that uh, are on the new album and you don't have the new album, you've been listening to the last five albums. Or uh, once in a while, when bands get established, they like to uh, piss off everybody and go out and pl play a bunch of crappy covers or something <laughs> like that. Like uh, I think David Bowie was doing this last time he was out, and everyone wants to hear, you know, the familiar stuff. But say fair, screw it. doesn't matter. they got all the horns going. Monique's bouncing up and down, and uh, you like every song because it's it's uh, it's energy, it's horns, it's rhythm, and uh, Monique sounds great. By Should the way, we hear one of the songs so. now? No, they're not that good. I don't want to hear. That was Piestra. Yeah, you want to hear something now? I think it's about time. Mm, see, I think yes. Mike says yes. Oh, Mike says yes. Two thumbs up. Oh, we got time. Oh. All right, what are we gonna hear? Come on, Eileen. Oh, we are. All right, here it is. Yes. Come on, Eileen. Uh, T-Bone was just telling me he wrote that on an airplane uh, coming back. <laughs> oh, that was... Oh, he was just kidding. <laughs> on the way to Gettysburg? Right. All right. <laughs> Drew. 
True with the uh, non-sequitur. Save Ferris is here tonight. <laughs> and, uh, Drew, you want to sell, sell the hell out of the next golf? No, because I don't know what it's going to be. All right. We'll be back. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out of it. All of my most sensitive areas. All right, our friends at BlindsGalore.com want you to know what custom actually means. It means the perfect shader blind for you. It fits perfectly into your windows. I don't know about you guys. I remember when I was moving around a lot, first thing I wanted to do was set up some blinds or shades or something. It really just kind of makes it feel like a home. Well, we didn't have BlindsGalore or BlindsGalore.com. They're a pioneer of custom window treatments, and they've covered over 2 million windows and counting. I know for sure I'd be using them, uh, and I have used them. In fact, my wife uses them, and she knows all about this. She worked in a hardware store, and she thinks this is a good product, so she's using it for our kids. Don't bother with the stress of going out to a store. BlindsGalore.com can do it all for you at home. The expert customer service team is happy to walk you through the designing of your new custom blinds and shades, and they will help you every step of the way. Whatever it is, whatever you need a blind for, just go to BlindsGalore. BlindsGalore makes it easy to get the custom blinds and shades you've always wanted in your home. Go check out BlindsGalore.com and let them know I sent you. That's Dr. Drew, and that is BlindsGalore.com. Again, there's no excuse if indeed you want blinds and you need privacy or cool your place down or whatever it might be or just finish a room off. I'm sending you, and you tell them, it is BlindsGalore.com. Again, BlindsGalore.com. The PD. The bowling. The bag of bowling. Hey, you know those uh, those ball cleaners? You ever see those at the bowling alley? Yeah. I've seen them. Yeah, I never know what they've done. I like to bowl. Never could figure those things out. How do those things work, those ball cleaners? Well, you well, put the you ball inside. You unzip your zipper first. Ew. Oh, nasty. My bad. Anyway. I'm sorry, That Monique, would really hurt if you had to put your balls inside of a machine to wash them. That's true. That would kind of stink. <laughs> no, it would suck. You were going to explain. No, it would blow. <laughs> no, wait a minute. It wouldn't be good. All right, Didn't I'm moving she just on. Say her mom was not... listening? Yeah. <laughs> Monique Sorry, and T Bone are both here from Safe. <laughs> now I'm embarrassed. Now Drew's <laughs> turning red. Yeah, because you know the mom's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, darn. All right. Well, let's try not to think about that, Drew. Let's just press on. Props out to mom and dad. <sighs> Drew, what the hell's the matter with you, please? We just. Uh, pl- All right. Boy, everyone's a big Safe Ferris fan. Yeah. Right. Yay. Wendy. Hi. You're 23. Yes, I actually have questions and comments for all of you, but I need to ask the most important one for the doctor. Yes, ma'am. Um, I have a son that's almost five years old. Uh-huh. His name is Calvin, and for the past year and no, three and a half years, he's had a lump on the side of his neck uh-huh. about the size of a golf ball. Uh-huh. And, of course, they took him to the doctor right away, and they started pumping him with all kinds of antibiotics. And it was shrinking and then coming back. And I didn't want to give him any more medicine because I thought it was doing no good. Did they biopsy it? No. And I asked them, they said, oh, no, 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 no. They were treating me really horrible. I was like, you know, why are you treating me like this? I just need one to know what's wrong with my son. And they kind of gave me the attitude like, well, if it was really serious, he'd be dead by now. And I'm like, you know, whatever. So I finally got someone to listen to me, and they were going to tell me to go to, like, an ENT doctor. Right. He's had this lump for for three and a half years. Uh It, like, gets soft and hard. Uh And now the doctor's saying there's, like, seven and I was wondering, um, they've been giving him, like, CBC count uh-huh. tests and stuff like that because uh-huh. I've been bugging them about it so much. And I was wondering how, how like, dangerous is this? Because they keep on telling me it's very common. All, all children have some sort of, you know, lumpiness. And well, all children have swollen lymph nodes in their neck. If you feel a 4-year-old's neck, it feels like a bag of grapes going on there. Mm-hmm. And there usually will be predominant nodes. Mm-hmm. One will be a centimeter or so, while the others will maybe just little tiny pea-sized things. Mm-hmm. 
and they get bigger and smaller. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is the new immune system interacting with the environment. And but, processing it, it is totally normal. But, Are you a real doctor, or just a love doctor. Right. <laughs> but what I mean is, like, it never goes away. It's always there. Um, and sometimes they get scarred and hard and whatnot. I mean, if there was something, if a pediatrician felt there was something out of context in terms of the size or feel of it, then it needs to be biopsied. Mm-hmm. If it feels like a normal lymph node, it's called a reactive node, then you leave it be. There's no point in putting the kid through the I surgery. I think what Wendy's asking is, should she be having another son to uh, play it safe? <laughs> <laughs> It sounds to me like you've seen a lot of people. You're getting getting the same take from everybody that it's normal. I have a story about that. Well, what I'm asking is... Hold on, Monique. I will. Wait a minute. I I meant to say hold on, Wendy, Wendy. because I want to hear Monique's story. No, when I was in the seventh grade, Mm -hmm. I was in biology class once, and I was feeling my neck, and I felt this big ball in it. Right. And I thought I had cancer. Right. And I went, and I saw the doctor, and I was all shaken up. It was terrible. And it was just a swollen lymph node. Right. And uh, that happens all the time. I was freaked out, oh, I okay. swear. It and felt you, like a you, ball look, you, you, rolling around. Like you, as a physician. I was looking for a little bad. bigger payday there. With you this can story. tell the <laughs> then difference. Then I went to the bowling alley and threw it in one of those washers right. and it was gone. Now we're talking. You, Wendy, you should understand, you can tell the difference. Yeah, but my question is, <laughs> if they're going to send it to the specialist is, is that, say they do take it out or whatever, I heard that if like you take it out, like it makes the, the system react more and it'll cause more lumps in his neck. Is that true? What difference does it make? I don't know. I just don't want him to go through like surgery again because he already had surgery. Like, when he well, if he, they don't feel he needs surgery, then okay. Listen, he Wendy, he what, what do you want Drew to do? Well, I just want some good advice, Adam. The advice is that you, you've seen multiple doctors and nobody's been the least bit disturbed by these, so they are almost undoubtedly normal. Well, okay, I just want to know if it was like, you know, I don't want to worry about it, but I do. All right. No one really sees it, and, and but I. Wait, wait, wait! What did I just say? Yeah, I understand. You, you're, it's like you can't be reassured here, Wendy. Be no, careful. That that that. that that is unhealthy for the child. Uh-huh. Part of the oh, job. I, he doesn't even notice it. Part of the job. No, of no. Mother. He may not notice the lump, but he notices you're you threaten every right. Five Part of the job of mothering is teaching the child to manage anxiety, and if you have overwhelming anxieties about the child, that is a not ineffective parenting, so be uh, very careful. Let me tell that. you, some of the most screwed up adults I currently know had moms that were paranoid and fretted too much. Okay. They become very weird, especially guys. Oh, they're a mess. Okay. Well, All right. I'll take that advice. All right, Wendy. And it was nice talking to you guys. And love the band. And Adam, I love you, but I don't understand why you don't like religion. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could say why you don't like me. No. no. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't understand that either. Because, I mean, Dr. Drew, you're cool. I, I enjoy religion, Wendy. You do? I just kid. That's all. Okay. All right. Love you guys. All right. All right. Go to hell. <laughs> uh, David. Yeah. You're 23. Yeah. I just want to tell you guys you're great. I listen to you guys every night. Thank you. You're on anyway. Um, I like when people make that clarification. Hey. You guys are right on. When's the last time we jumped down someone's throat? Uh, You listen to us every night, eh, smart guy? How about uh, Friday and Saturday, huh? Yeah, little lion boy. Now, how can we believe anything you say? (laughs) David, don't give anybody any ideas. (laughs) We need a couple nights off. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Um, Drew Drew doesn't even want to be here the five nights he's here. Go ahead with that. Yeah, you can kind of. Well, that's because. Yeah. You can yeah. tell. I you know. cannot tell. Just because Adam oh, is giving whoa. me grief about it every night. I'm so sick of this. Wow. I used to listen every night. Uh, yeah, see that? But Then I started... then Adam became the co-host, and that was the end of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and yeah. then I started knowing all the answers, so and I then stopped. Drew's attitude started ble- bleeding through is really what happened, right, Money? <laughs> he needs to start bringing his own dollar bills, though, you know. Mm. Adam's the one. I, I'm always giving All right, all right, all right. Oh, my gosh, right, that right. is so strange. 
What's Drew that? just gave Adam a dollar for the machine. Yes. No way. No, that, I swear to you, for the, to buy a Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, me because four. I'm so humiliated by the way he hounds me for money. Diet every night. Dr. Pepper, what's wrong, Adam? You starting to pack on a little bit? He gave me 45 cents, and uh, no, now they're now they're big stars. I have drank uh, this weekend probably uh, enough uh, sugar in the form of alcohol <laughs> to uh, keep a small third world country going for <laughs> hey, a good six both, months. Bro. So uh, I'm switching over to the diet. I have a feeling yeah. I shouldn't have said that, huh? What? No. I shouldn't have said that. What? Revealed our behind the, the scenes. I shouldn't have said the name. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, please. Dave, what's going on? Um, actually, I just got out of a super crappy relationship. I heard one of their commercials while I was waiting for you guys. It says about uh, guys beating on their wives. Well, I think there should be one about a fiancés beating up on their boyfriends. What happened? <laughs> um, she was just real abusive. I, I fell in love with her. Don't, don't know why, you know. Um, she's good bed. That might have been one reason. Uh, you know, that's not love, but, you know, um, she had a daughter that was a little disabled. I treated her like she was my own, you know, really took, really took care of her and, uh, you know, played the father act. Wait, was she physically abusive to you? Oh, yeah. For how long? Uh, the first month we were together, she was never physical, just, uh, you know, stuff she'd say, you know, kind of blow you away. And, uh, but for probably about, you know, a good four months. So you've been going out for five months? We were going out for actually almost a year, but it was off and on. And what was the kind of stuff she would say that would blow you away? Oh, like, um, I went, the the second night after we went, we had gone out, she uh, caught a cold. And I went to Kmart with my sisters and uh, picked her up some medicine, you know. And I called her up and I said, hey, you know, um, what are you doing? She said, oh, nothing, just laying in bed. And I told her I was going to bring her over some medicine. She's all, well, where'd you go? I said, Kmart. To pick you up some mess, and she just hung up the phone. And I called back, and I'm like, you know, what the hell's going on here? So, well, why were you at Kmart when you could have been with me? <laughs> and just like, yeah. uh. All right, so <laughs> you've been blessed that she is out of the picture right now. Right. Oh, boy. What's wrong with her daughter? She has Rett syndrome. Mmm, it's very serious. What yeah. is that, true? Yeah, very, very detrimental to the mom, I understand. Rett's? Rett's? Yeah. I don't think you're pronouncing that right. Tourette's? It's uh, where she she right. can't talk, she can't eat, she um, she can eat, she can't feed herself. She can't uh, if she falls down, she can't get up. So she has some kind of neurologic dis- disorder, right? She's three years old too. She's yeah. not potty trained or oh, nothing. Uh, I thought you said she had kind of a minor disability. She's completely disabled. No, I said she's disabled. No, oh. uh, the way he he said he sort of disabled. Yeah, he said sort of disabled yeah. or something. It didn't strike me. Is yeah. uh, is too bad. I thought like like a one bad year. Or something. What what happened? Was it something happened during delivery or something? Um, no, I, it, they said that it's something that only girls can get. Oh, thank God. And uh, <laughs> it's it's. I think it comes in the genes or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's not very common. It's okay. Pretty rare. That's not something I'm familiar with. All right. Well. It's it's too bad for the kid because right. uh, here was a guy who was willing to uh, get involved. Exactly. But uh, she turned against you, and oh, can you imagine this woman's life? Abusive, yeah. uh, has his daughter yeah. with this affliction. You haven't heard the best of it yet. Oh, what? <laughs> I finally broke off the engagement. First, I broke it off once, and then went back like an idiot. Then I broke it off again. Not even I bought her a brand new car, a thirty-five hundred dollar wedding ring, and uh, she turned into a bigger winch, and I broke up with her two weeks later, and so that was the end of it. And a month later, I get a thing in the mail from the district attorney for battery and disturbing the peace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How does she get you for disturbing the peace? You know what? I'd love to know that one myself. Because there wasn't no peace to be disturbing because her, the nearest neighbor was good. Uh, 
Actually, her neighbors, neighbors are sisters, and that's where I was at. Oh boy, is that when the kind of thing that uh, became? What's his name? The sports announcer got caught up in. Yeah, Marv Albert. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but people how do like you, this do that? Yeah, I, I understand you could file a claim against uh, you know somebody for abuse or battery or something, but how do you? It's it's like you got somebody you have disturbed to, to say that there's been a disturbance. Yeah, and he was right. really loud when well, he was beating me. There was um, there was this big thing that went on with my uh, mailbox and my bank account, mm-hmm. and we both shared the ba- we both shared a bank account. Money got taken out of there, so I took All it right. off. David. Yeah. Listen. I get a little know. sense of why he went for her, though, don't, don't you? Yeah, David, you... Um, <laughs> no, I don't want to get back together with Yeah, we're getting a little sense about David, though, here. Though. And, well, she's nuts, but y- you have to be sort of nuts to <laughs> vigorously pursue somebody who's nuts. Yeah. And all those people out there who say, I'm telling you, uh, she was Mary Poppins, yeah. and then all of a sudden um, she uh, wrote in pig's blood, uh, <laughs> F you, and um, she tried to kill me with a broomstick. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I don't buy that. I can pick out the, the maniacs pretty, pretty early on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's not very difficult. I mean, if your head is screwed on straight, you, you kind of realize very quickly when others' uh, heads aren't screwed on straight, and you, you basically just go to the other side of the street when you see them coming your way. So so what's he asking? Well, I don't care what he's asking. Oh. He, he, well, I don't mean to be rude. But oh, no, you're not being rude. I was just wondering. He's, he, he's just basically venting is what it sounded oh, like to yeah. me, and we've yeah. got to go to a commercial. We don't have, you know, we don't have time for this. What David's got to do is realize that if he's attracted to somebody, that's his first warning sign. They should, right, that's something he shouldn't date. <laughs> right. That's right. Like that's hell. right. It, it, it's, it's the catch-22. You should be vigorously pursuing those who repulse you. Not repulse, but... The yes, more, don't, the more don't, you hate them, the better. No, who don't... Well, <laughs> but who don't... Think don't, about uh, it, Drew. We'd be know. living in a utopia of all, all right. the F people out there. <laughs> all those, you know, all those daughters of abusive alcoholics, if they didn't go out and marry the alcoholic abuser, you're so attracted to the people you shouldn't be attracted to. Plus, I'd probably get some chicks. <laughs> you think so, Drew? No. No. Okay. We'll be back. From the writer of The Devil Wears Prada and the director of 500 Days of Summer. Who doesn't love those two films? These people have gotten together and created Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's what's being called a demented take on the modern musical raunchy original songs starring and co-created by the internet sensation Rachel Bloom. And yes, she can sing. Yes, she can dance. Hollywood reporter names Rachel Bloom, quote, one of TV's 10 hot stars to watch. The new series USA Today says, quote, maybe fall's most promising comedy. Critics agree. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is, quote, something to sing about. Check it out. The trailer at CWTV.com. It's an incredible new series. Chances are you've been or been around a crazy ex. And this particular story, Rebecca Bunch, always a little goofy, particularly about one guy, very first love. Then she gets a second chance 10 years later when she meets him again. She's leaving a dream job in New York to follow this dream man to West Covina. Yes, West Covina. You guys know where that is next to Covina. Used to have friends that hung out there in the high school. All new episodes Monday at 8, 7 Central on The CW. Hey, Safe Ferris is here. Monique and T-Bone. What the... uh... I didn't know what time it was. All right, Drew's uh, kitty threw up this morning and woke him up. But here's what I said. 
thing. You know, the thing that's funny is Drew tells me, and it, it's not abuse, it's true. When his kid throws up, it's like when your cat starts honking up a fur ball, <laughs> and they go, <laughs> and you grab them, and you actually, you'll either, like, bowl them out of the house, just anywhere. You sh but, Drew, you need, like, a throw-up zone. In our house? <laughs> I need a throw-up room. Just aim them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you, well, I can't believe you even have carpeting in there. You need, uh, oh, the, we have the special beat up carpeting, and it'll just uh, <laughs> everything. It you know, everything. It, it levitates off oh. it. I think it's near it. But what you need is like a slab with a grade on it and a drain, yeah, oh, a big yes. grid, <laughs> yes, yes. like the oh, monkey yes. cage. Oh no, yeah, just a, concrete, like yeah. a, concrete. a oh, yeah. hose bib in every room. Down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. How old are your children? Five. All of them are five. Triplets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, I thought that they all were very close in age. See? Everybody, I saw a picture of Dr. Drew's children. Very good-looking, aren't they? Very good-looking. Yeah. They're, They're amazingly so attractive. Way cute. And I think they'll be good uh, mentally, too. I'm, you keep telling Drew me I'm... divorced soon. You, you keep telling what? me I've ruined them, though. Mm. Or I will ruin them. <laughs> yeah, you're just too good to them. But here's what I wanted to say while we are talking during the commercial. You should start tallying up the number of times the kids vomit... Until they get old enough where they can start keeping track themselves. themselves. Because I'd really love to know the amount of times I vomited <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Unfortunately, I only start counting from about 16, which was my first trip to Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't remember any before that. But the point is... These is, are important uh, historical de details my, about one's life. And now. my folks yeah. care enough to keep keep count. It'd be kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, 31, 32 times, whatever like it was. You even number like 1,000 or something, you can celebrate more. And yeah, it might maybe... And then vomit. There, there yeah. you go. Huge party for yeah. like your 100th vomit. <laughs> Could you imagine you're at 99, so you have just a big kegger blowout, and you get like a <laughs> beer awesome. bong and a six-foot sub, <laughs> and it's like the stroke of midnight, you, you projectile vomit, and every, everyone's there clapping, and mom is like wiping away tears. <laughs> That's the funniest thing the, I've ever the heard. The video camera's out. You're yeah. such a cute baby. That's pretty darn yeah, it's a good idea. All right, Mike. Hi. You're 27. You're on with Safe Fairs. Yeah, um, I have this problem and uh, question, I guess. Uh, I've been with this girl for about seven years. And about four years ago, she had the experience with another girl. And I found out about a year later, we agreed to keep it a secret between uh, her and I. How, how long have you been with her? Seven years. Seven years. And uh, it's been pretty rocky, and uh, we've broken up a few times. And um, we agreed agree to keep that part a secret. And yesterday I found out that uh, when uh, she's had a few beers, she's uh, mentioned it to my brothers and sisters. Mm. And I'm wondering, why is she doing that? Mm. Why are we keeping it a secret? Well, because it's something I'm pretty much ashamed of. Is she? Uh, she... Uh, so she didn't want to do... That she wasn't a good experience for her. No, 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 no. This is your shame, not hers. Why does she have to keep it a secret? Well, I don't know. I don't know about that part, but uh, she has told me that uh, she doesn't want to do it again. She's not going to do it again. Yeah, but she's not. Ashamed. She's not ashamed of it. Well, yeah, she's she probably not. Okay, so why should she have to keep it a secret? I'll well, tell you. Hold on a second. Poor Mike <laughs> on the ropes here, taking a beaten by uh, Drew. Here's the situation. Mike, if you'd uh, had a few beers and blown one of your buddies uh, in the garage yeah, and, uh, four years ago, you know she'd be pretty freaky if you were spreading that around to her family. Yes. yes. Obviously. It's, uh, it's just respect. Uh, other people in general don't like the explicit um, details of their partner's sexual past, especially since the past was the present because yes. they were in a relationship at the time. They don't like that uh, thrown about. They, they don't. 
some people don't care. For most, it's uh, it's considered a little embarrassing, and there's and it's payback time for women when they get drunk because there's nothing <laughs> a woman loves more than to get loaded and go to a party and just humiliate uh, her man. And through, I've seen your wife do this. Uh, my girlfriend will do this. Every girlfriend I've ever had has done this. You, all of a sudden, you're at some party, and they're drinking, and you're drinking, and they're off talking to someone, and you're walking up to them, and they're talking to a group, and they're going, he cried when his dog died. <laughs> <laughs> but you think, think about it. Now, let's, let's break this down a bit. It's almost always a group of women they're talking to. Yeah. And women do talk to each other differently than men do. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they will talk about stuff more, more casually and easily. I've had to get up from tables and things where I just think, I just can't listen to this. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm uncomfortable. Women go into embarrass your man no, mode I'm not when sure they what get it is. drunk. I, it's just, yes, it's just they, they naturally go into material no, that we get embarrassed they do, by. and guys deserve it because guys weren't <laughs> listening during the week, you know, throughout the course of the year. They weren't paying enough attention. Hey, here's what happens. Yeah, they, but it, they're sort of empowering one another by talking about, by knocking the guy yeah, down. Yeah, but they do bit. it in front of the guy. No, they do it no, in front of your friends. No, they do it in front of the girls always. Mm. Usually other okay. group of girls. Okay. Then the girls immediately yes. go straight yes. back to, right. uh, to the guys. Yes. And and every time every time I have been out with uh, three or four of my guy friends and their girlfriends or wives, and there's been booze involved, uh, There's the women get a little loaded, and there's some stuff divulged, some crap that's between you and your wife or you and your mm. girlfriend that you told them in an intimate moment. Boom. It's all over that. So the guys come back. You had crabs six times? <laughs> Holy Christ. It's got to be some kind of record. <laughs> that mean, happened to me today. You had crabs? No, with him. No, I didn't have crabs. With your boyfriend? Um, well, uh, not really my boyfriend. He's close. Oh, he's giving me. Yeah. yeah. He got he got drunk with my sister's boyfriend. Oh, okay. And then they started talking about the first date that he and I went on. And right. something bad happened that I'm very embarrassed of. I don't know if I should say it. Well, why don't you but just anyway, he told him that I was very embarrassed. Right. And, and, and he, But I think essentially what happens is when you're drunk, you know, it eases things up a, a little bit to the point right. where, you know, you talk about things you don't find particularly but comfortable when you're sober. Guys go into about. make an ass of themselves mode, which is I'm going to fight or I'm going to urinate like somewhere indiscreetly or yeah. I'm going to uh, urinate and fight, which is something I like to do. But they make asses of themselves. Women make the asses of oh, the guys. Uh, help them. They help them. I have told, no, I've yes. seen quite a few women uh, making asses of themselves I've, drunk. I've pulled uh, girlfriends aside at like company parties mm -hmm. where they just got completely blitzed and said, listen to me. These are people I work with. Yeah. You're completely out of hand. You're embarrassing the hell out of me. I'm mm -hmm. going to be pissed as hell tomorrow morning. You're drunk. Please just pull it together yeah. mm -hmm. and let's make it through the last hour of this party. Mm -hmm. and they get enraged. Guys, like, come on! <laughs> here. He says he's the funniest guy on radio. <laughs> in front of the mirror when he's naked <laughs> and he's making muscles <laughs> and he's yelling, "I'm the king!" You're like, oh, please, Drew. You know I'm right. Uh, why, do you, why do you do that stuff? Your wife's embarrassment. Please, I'm just it's just an example, Drew. Yeah, you know, I'm riffing. Your, your wife's in embarrassment mode when she's not drunk. Where does she gets a few in? It's just honesty. <laughs> All right. So I, I don't know why women do it, but and by the way, you kind of remind me of her that way. I do. In terms of things that both of you humiliate me for, yes. Oh, please, Drew. Come on. I have so much couth. It's uh, it's sickening. Come on. 
But women... Yeah, anybody what, listening would know right, that. Let me just finish this. <laughs> the guys deserve it because it's payback time for not paying attention to them during the week or during the whole relationship. And that's what happens. Women ask for attention. Women say, um, look what I got or come here or do this or do that. And the guy's got one eye on the TV, yeah, 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 <laughs> talking on the phone and Monday Night Football and yep. the, whole, the whole bit. And then it all comes out when the booze uh, comes up. All right. Huh? Yeah? We got to go to break? All right. Drew's right. Drew, you want to sell, um, sell the next one? No, time? still no. <laughs> we got, look, we got tons of questions for the band that you will not let us go to. All right. No, I didn't say we couldn't go to them. We, it's his love lines. No, we, we, went to, we went to two in a row. You wanted to go to two in a row, and I said, let's take a regular right, we'll go, one. We'll go to some more band questions. Okay. Bye. All right. If you're a business owner, you know that your business is only as good as the talent that you hire. And posting job in one place just doesn't do it. It's impossible to find quality candidates. Now, with ZipRecruiter, everybody, you can post 100-plus job sites with a single click, instantly match to candidates from over 6 million resumes, plus watch the brand-new candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface within 24 hours. ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. That's right. Why do it any other way? Just with a single click, 24 hours, get it posted everywhere, and in come the candidates. Today, you get to try ZipRecruiter for free. How we're able to do that, I don't know, but you get it for free. If you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Adam, that is ZipRecruiter.com slash Adam. One more time, ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Adam. Hey, it's Loveline. Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, Monique, T-Bone, Save Ferris. This here, we'll uh, hear a little something else off the uh, It Means Everything CD, which is the Safe Fair CD. And we'll have more. Hey, Mike, can we go to this uh, now? Oh, we can't, yeah. All right, we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. 98 KUPD Tempe, Phoenix. Love line. Adam Kroll, Dr. Drew, Safe Ferris is here and uh hmm? Okay. That's phone it. number one eight hundred L O V E one nine one. Screw the fax number and here we go the phones. Adam? Yeah. You're eighteen. Yeah, I am. Um mm-hmm. I had a question Questions for Safe Ferris. Hello. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Good, Adam. Thumbs up. How about you? I'm great. Uh my first question was uh wondering when if you knew when you'd be coming to Minneapolis next? Oh, we um, were just in Minneapolis. Really? When were yeah, you here? We played, we played the, university. the university. Oh. It was kind of, it was a fun show, but it was kind of bad because there were all seats. Yeah. And people had to um, stand in the aisles to dance. And uh, my second question was for Monique. Um, how did you get together with Real Big Fish for uh, doing She Has a Girlfriend Now? Did they, like, come up to you and ask you if you want to be in it or what? Um, Actually, I was a... Uh, hanging out with Aaron Barrett one night in um, Seal Beach and we, we kind of started talking about doing a duet and that was the inception of the song. Oh yeah? Yeah, that's what happened. Um, then he wrote it and then this was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah my final question was uh, was the name Sam Ferris from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yes, sir. Yes. Cool. Alright, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, cool. Adam. Thanks, Adam. Bye. 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 Well, wasn't it uh, written like graffiti, or was I not understanding your bio? No, well, actually, it is from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, because they say that term, like, repeatedly in there. But someone had um, written it on a desk 
or a cubicle in school. Oh, I see. And our our guitarist Brian saw it. Mm-hmm. And um, there you go. There you go. Oh, that's Ta-da. what they He said that would be a great name for a band. Either Ta-da. that, or I'll name my first child to say Ferris. Drew, you never wrote on the desk, did you? When as a uh, as a youth. Kind of feels like I probably did early. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Drew with the rebellious side. Yeah. What was the rebellious thing you ever did in school? What was it? Uh, Has this ever come out? That's about it. Really? Carving on a desk? One time when he was taking one of the Scantron tests. Uh-oh. <laughs> he he marked in the upper left corner that yeah. thing where you can get them no, all. He used no. a pen instead of a number one. two pencil. No. Did you? Yeah. How can you sleep at night? Can't. The machine spat it out like uh, one of his <laughs> I kids. I look at you so differently now. <laughs> He's a wild man, that's true. All right, now listen, Drew, didn't I just yell at you about this? Let's, the, you said, let's do some oh, questions. Please. Some, oh, please. Oh, for Christ. Uh, I'm all right, sorry. let me explain what's going on here. <laughs> You're fighting. Don't fight. The last time we had a question for you guys, uh, that's fine. But Drew, the next call Drew lined up was another question for the band. And I thought, well, let's not do two questions in a row. That's too repetitive. Let's, let's mix it up. We'll take a couple of calls, and we'll come back and take another question for the band. So after I stated this very clearly before we went to break, what's Drew do but uh, line up two more questions in a row? And, and the for time the that you've been ranting oh, about up. this, we're going to take right. a damn You're question. You're so passive-aggressive, Drew, please. <laughs> Jim. Hi, Adam. Hey, you're 26. Hi, Drew. Uh, don't embarrass me with a lame question now. Jim. I won't. I won't. Okay. I have a major concern. Yeah? About this married couple in the Midwest with the uh, fertility drug and the uh, seven babies at one time. Uh. Right. Um, to me, this seems like, you know, I see on the news they're getting college scholarships and free van and all this great okay. rewards. seems like they're, they're kind of inviting or encouraging people to go out and seek out fertility drugs, have all these children. It's an interesting viewpoint. Yeah, it is interesting. I really thought about that. Uh, but what, what, uh, what everyone the, does seem to rally around you. What was the method uh, whereby they came to the top? I'm really not up on this story. except uh, They have one child and were trying to have another one for years and couldn't, so they got uh, this doctor to give them this drug. It was a drug induced. Right. It was not uh, implantation or something. Right. It just well, like they wouldn't implant that. that uh, can you? What, what? They always implant. They try to implant five. Oh, really? Yeah. Four yeah. of ours took. Who would who would implant before? Yeah. What did you have to have an abortion? No, one one dropped out spontaneously. Really? Yeah. That's or nice. we would have reduced. We I think we would have reduced. Reduce is nice for uh, abortion, right? We would. Yeah, it's called a selective reduction. It's like you're thinning yeah. the herd. And the reason being is that you are really uh, in you are putting the whole population at risk if you have too many of them. I mean, these septuplets are all uh, you know, on ventilators and ICUs. These are not going to be normal the babies. The population of your belly, by the way. And uh, to be able to parent effectively seven kids is is not possible. It's just not possible. I mean, let alone rear them and give them the resources they need. You'd have to, both parents would have to quit their job, and I don't know where you get the money to do the things they need. I, they, That's why people they, offer so many things to people. Well, which is wonderful triplets. that they do that, but it's still, if you look at the people that have multi, you know, tr- greater than triplets, the so-called parent survival, the impact on the mother's health, the survivability of the relationship, very poor. Plus, they already very had poor. one kid to begin with. Too. Yeah, which so is kind of surprising. You think they would have an idea what parenting is and understand they couldn't do it for seven. Multiple parenting, <laughs> having been a multiple parent, is extremely difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. It is just amazing. Yeah. And I, I, to go more than triplets, I think, is... Even to go triplets, our obstetrician sat us down and said, don't do it. 
parent survival is too bad. Think of how much vomit and we, and, we, and we gave a lot of thought to it. And, we, and our thinking was very similar, I'm sure, to how what theirs was. And mm-hmm. what we realized was that a lot of the things that were bringing us down on the side of reduction were sort of spurious things, things that... that uh, Selfish things. We wouldn't be able to take vacation. We wouldn't be able to. You know, we'd, we'd have to work harder. This kind of thing. We thought, oh, we we have to go for this. But, but at least that's you different have to buy than one of those cute little three seated strollers. Yeah, we have one of those. Yeah, <laughs> those are way cute. Hey Jim. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Your question is is um, it's more of a comment. He just wants to discuss. They want to discuss just, the topic. I was just really concerned, and I was just wondering if you had all had, had mentioned it on your show. No, we hadn't. And I, I'm glad you brought it up, but I, I don't think people should. Uh, Seven kids is a little much. Um, they shouldn't assume that they're going to have a career out of being a parent. It's just a horrible idea. I mean, you know, a, a celebrity status right. because they have a bunch of kids. It's a horrible, horrible statement about what, why people go into parenting. They also said that, um, I guess, like, um, I was just listening to the news before we came over, and they were saying that, I guess, uh, some, some um, was it the uh, Inquirer or one of those things hit them up for, like, giving them money to, to do their story, and I guess they were talking about, like, some movie deals and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Well, well, they're going to need all that money. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I think like, that's what the yeah. caller was in, was yeah. saying. He's like implying, is stuff, it is it a good idea for people to in, you yeah, know give done. them you know cars and scholarships and things? When well, they're, they're, they're going to need it. But, it, but I, I think the reason why people are doing that is because they are going to need it. And and it, again, this is sort of a retarded religion uh, keeping keeping the seven uh, all together. Because here's, here's the kind of, um, effed up thinking there is, which is, uh, we're pretty religious folks, which these people are, uh, they're not for abortion. Uh, they're not going to tamper and, and, uh, that's God's work kind of thing. And they're not going to screw with it. Meanwhile, uh, who's keeping the kids alive? Right. I mean, listen, uh, listen, if you just had the kids out in the woods, uh, they'd all be, uh, just being uh, picked over by, uh, vultures at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? They came out at like, two pounds and three ounces each uh, one of them they'd all be dead without modern technology plus you wouldn't have the litter in your belly if it weren't not for modern, modern technology, technology anyway so let's just uh, you know i i hate all right i love religion <laughs> but uh, here's one of the parts about it i can't stand it's that selective religion that was a religious thing for them yeah, yeah. to have seven right it's well, that, they, that's why they wouldn't reduce this is why this is this is why a lot of uh, religious folks are just plain retards it's that selective thing it's uh well uh, forget about religion i'm gonna go ahead and get knocked up by a yeah. robot here that's fine is that how they do it do they actually have a robot have sex with you drew oh yeah how they get the sperm in no, there no they put the a robot a robot they use a, okay. they use a chicken thingy a turkey a baster, baster. <laughs> all right so no the, is the, no, no okay. it's a there it's like a pipette i'm gonna oh, do it through artificial means uh and we'll keep the kids alive through artificial means and then when they're born uh we'll respirate them and uh, keep them in uh, in little incubation chambers and all that through it completely I, artificial I think, well, part of the reason but is, it's but it's I don't think people really grasp the hard fact that they are going to have seven sick people if they right. try to save all seven as opposed to three healthy ones. Right. And that's God's will. Right. That would be well, God's will that the three that do survive, well, survive God, and survive healthy. God's will is that they all die. It's God's just there's a whole bunch of doctors that come in and put them in incubators. Well, God's will and, is that they probably, I mean... They didn't they get pregnant in the first place. There you in go. The beginning. Well, that's but, right. I mean that they chose to, but right. I mean, if you're going to look at it from a religious, totally religious standpoint, yeah. I'm sure you're thinking, well, maybe it was in God's will for me not to have the children. Right. It's to begin um, with. it's yeah. convenient God's it's, will. It's, I don't. I'm not saying I agree with I, that. It's a very complex issue, I and mean, the whole issue of what to do with life once it's initiated is mm-hmm. very complex. But, listen, but when you're sort of saving others, right. 
just to you know, uh, it's a few have to be sacrificed to save the others. Uh, it's, the scale sort of balances out. It doesn't mean that you're not a moral person. No. Here's what we'll end this with. Anytime there's a little gray area about God's will, you just uh, call the phone number, <laughs> and I'll shed some light on it. It would have been God's will for him to keep his job and for her to keep the one kid who she was uh, bored with. All right, Maria. Hello. You're 16. This is <clears throat> Malia, and I'm 15. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, who cares? What do you want? Uh, well, I have two things. First of all, <clears throat> I sweat a hell of a lot. Yeah, uh, I do, too. I do, too. Right here? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Any no, particular I mean, place? I, mean, like, I use any kind of deodorant and, like, and like any person, and it doesn't work. I just sweat, like, a hell of a lot. Un- under the arm? Yes, under the arms, at the back of my legs, in between my legs, and under my boobs, and... Really? Forehead. That's usually a good sign, though, because that means there's some boobage there. Antiperspirant deodorant just controls the scent. Are you on a medication? No. Well, antiperspirant can't can you get those little trees? Oh, can't yeah. Can't you get those little yeah. trees that you can hang? <laughs> no, no, she's not talking oh. about... No, you're not I talking don't. about the scent, are you? No, no, I'm not talking about the scent. I just, I'm talking about I drip. <laughs> right. I some, do, too. Some people are just that I way. I drip a lot. It's, well, uh, is there something wrong with my glands? No. No, it's a matter of fact, people always tell you... When, because I do the same thing, but I sweat from my forehead and my brow, which is really embarrassing because mm-hmm. it will just come pouring off me. You know, it's embarrassing for me because I can't lift lift up my arms because I have these big wet spots. I sweat so much when I perform, so much. And, yeah, like, women come up to me and they're like, you know what? It's so great to see a woman up there totally sweating and, like, not even being ashamed of it. Well, I mean, yeah, I, but like the guys are women, repulsed. Who cares what the guys think? <laughs> no, no, listen, Please I'm yourself. I walk down the street and I'm sweating. Okay. You see, let me let me tell you something, Monique. Yeah. It's Malia. No, no I'm, t- I'm telling Monique oh, this. Monique. It's okay. all right for people to sweat when they're doing things that would justify sweat. Working out, up on stage, doing... It's almost a badge of honor mm. to look like a disgusting pig up there because it means you're really <laughs> earning your money. But if you're out on a date or walking to class, mm. you don't want the big... No one's going to come up to you and compliment yeah, you on your sweat. What did she do about it? Uh, Is there, there anything she can yes. do? I had an uncle whose hand sweat. You know what I mean, and he had a surgery, yeah, yeah, and they had it. to remove a rib yeah. to do it. Yeah. It's not even. It's not worth. It's such a total. What's the word? It's an. It's an outer thing. It the, doesn't matter. They removed a rib. Yeah, they had to get into a gland in his back, and oh, he was I like thought they just snipped things. Uh, no, no, I think they get at the nerve. The I'd like to get that. I want to. I tell you, I want to reach across the table and punch my mom every time I look across at her and see her forehead uh, dripping sweat <laughs> while we're eating spaghetti, and I realize where I got this thing. But they have medicine, right, Drew? Well, if for local areas, that that cream you use, there's Zirac medicine. Cream. There's a cream you. Can I got use. this stuff. You can put it on. Your, you put on your forehead, and it, and, it, and it doesn't really. I'm a really tough case, but it, it it'll even slow me down a little bit. Yeah. Why couldn't she apply this uh, to different places? Also, part of it is she could probably cure through like some sort of medic medita- meditation or biofeedback or some BS mm-hmm. like that. Wait, yeah, you use medicine? She had to check. They, she ought to have a sort of a hormone check, make sure she's menstruating normally, make sure her thyroid function is appropriate, and that sort of thing. But I I, I suspect it's just her, just the way you see your mother sweat. I bet right. she would see the same thing coming right, from her I, family members. It's embarrassing. Unless you're a really big, fat black guy, it's embarrassing. For some, re- for some reason, big, fat black guys are allowed to sweat, and that's kind of cool. Like, if they're doing a movie with big, fat black guys, they'll actually spray false sweat on them to make it realistic. But women sweating, uh, not good. 
and uh, skinny white guy's sweating, uh, not good. Everyone thinks you're a drug addict or you're lying or you're nervous. But it, they equate the sweat with your uh, emotional state. Your anxiety level. Yeah, yeah. This guy must be really uh, intense or really hopped up or what have you. Yeah, but there is medicine. And, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I used to that. use it. I, haven't, it's I don't a cream? use it anymore. No, it's like a, like a liquid. You, you lotion. Oh, you just rub it lotion. on? Wow. No, it's not a lotion, Drew. It's it's well, it's, it's a water base, yeah. So. It's real. It's clear yeah. and it's uh, it's more liquid than water. Yeah. Is that possible, Drew? Possible. Is it like antiperspirant that you put on your forehead? No, no. It's like a medicine that like I, I don't know what the hell it does, mm-hmm. but it comes in a little Drysol. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Drysol. No, it's called Xerac. It's called Xerac, but the brand name is Drysol, or the generic name is Xerac, or one of those things. So you have to have it prescribed. Yeah, but it's cheap. It's like nine bucks. That's cool. Yeah. I like sweating though. Danny. Yeah. You're 14. Yeah. Oh, Adam Drew, you guys kick ass. Thanks. Oh, uh, uh, say Ferris? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've been listening to you guys for over a year now. I got, um, I learned about you guys from Real Big Fish. You guys are the my favorite ska band of all time. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. That is so nice. That. You I, are I, so nice. Thank you. I'm so nervous. <laughs> are uh, you nervous? Yeah. I can't see you. Don't worry about it. Are you sweating? <laughs> are you sweating? Uh, yeah. Want well, some lotion for it? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I was wondering, um, I have some questions. Uh, how do you, um, what's your relations with Real Big Fish, especially like Matt Wong? Well, Matt Wong's, should we... Oh, yeah, Matt I'm, Wong's here in the studio. I'm pointing at Matt right now. <laughs> We're looking at Matt right now. <laughs> oh, no, hi, just, Matt. Uh, oh, he went he outside just, to smoke a cigarette. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> He uh, can probably uh, hear you, though. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, um, um, and, uh, uh, when will you guys be coming around to San Jose? Uh, we're going up to San Jose at the end of February. Oh, oh. Uh, Are you going to be there? Yeah. Can we see you sweat? Yeah. Okay, cool. Are you going to do an all-ages show? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're playing The Edge. Danny? Yeah. You know where The Edge is? Yeah, um, it's in... That's uh, in Palo Alto. Yeah. I don't need to know where it is, but do you know where it is? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Okay, the Edge you, is in Palo Alto's you got four months to find out where the Edge is. <laughs> not far from San Jose. Okay. Oh, You're so last, great. Thank you. Oh, and we last were. question? Yeah. We um, yeah. Is there like an address I can write to to get your autograph or something? Well, we have a P.O. Box. Yeah. And we also have... Are you hooked up to the internet? Uh, No. Okay, well then we we have um we have a PO box, but we've been on tour, so we haven't been able to get to our letters for about four months. But we're going to start taking care of that. You want to give that PO box? PO box five zero eight one, Anaheim, California. Isn't it five zero eight one? Yeah, it's five zero eight one. Anaheim, California nine nine two eight zero four nine two eight zero four. Yeah, you got that, Danny? Is there anything on the uh, record or the uh, CD jacket that would? Uh, you know, say where you could write if you wanted, you know, fans and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It might I don't be. think there is. I don't think there is either. Well, you guys really got to research easiest, this stuff. I think the easiest way to do it, and it's unfortunate because I'm not hooked up to the Internet. I don't have a computer. But if you can get to a computer through the Internet, you can log I on to the Epic me, website. Somebody, one of our television people tell me something cool we're going to do next, this upcoming television series. Uh, that's we're a gonna, lie. No, we're going to have real video phone hook up through the computer. It's going to be disaster. <laughs> Somehow it will be disaster. It's going to be like Pictel. You'll love it. It'll be as good as Pictel, which I've cursed from the word go on that crappy show, and it still <laughs> never worked out. And Drew just sat there like a big now grouper. Gonna be compu- now it's going to be computer, video phone, and Pictel. Oh, for Christ's sake. And Drew <laughs> just sits there smiling and nodding. 
While I make an ass of myself yelling at everybody, what a bad idea. It is. <laughs> I think it sounds great. I love technology. It's a good idea. Yeah, technology's fine when it, until you're the guy who's in uh, the rocket while it's burning on the yeah, pad. Look, I, the first airplane that lifted off the ground and right, fly I'm not, across uh, the ocean. Listen here, Orville. Yes. Uh, I'm not Wilbur. You understand? <laughs> well, Let somebody steal. else work it out on their show, and then they can bring it to our show. Right. Yes, Your Royal Highness. Thank you. <laughs> Vanessa? Yep. You're 15. Yes, I am. All right. Okay. I don't have a problem. You don't have to worry. But, um, okay, where should I start? Adam, you're a god. Oh, really? Yes. If you. If you ruled the world, oh. one, you could put a kitchen over your basement. Yes. <laughs> over his garage. Over my garage. Oh, yeah, your garage. That's all right. And I don't know. I just think the world would be a better place. Just you, you and Drew well, are awesome. Well, don't, don't, don't. Well, well, I don't, urge I don't him want on. To build yeah, Adam, please, Vanessa, Adam Carolla for president. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> oh, the humanity. Yeah. Okay, Drew, you're <laughs> yeah. awesome. You've helped me out through a lot. Please I can see me being uh, me running. It, 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 at any time, did you ever smoke uh, marijuana? Um, yes, I'm, I have. I'm stone now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Who asked that? What would you're be your slogan, Drew? I mean. What's your name, Adam? Mine, uh, mine would be uh, a chicken in every pot, <laughs> uh, two cars in every garage. And pot in every chicken. And a <laughs> pot, <laughs> pot in every chicken and a felon in every in every jail cell. <laughs> all right. All right, Vanessa, what is it now? Uh, well, I pretty much just wanted to say all you guys rule. Um, say Farish, you're an awesome band. Thank you Thank so you. much. You guys are cool. You. Um, Sherry, Ann, and Lisa, you guys do a good job. And Mike, you need to wake up. You need Marjorie drops in there. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're going to play something from Save Ferris now. Actually, <laughs> cool. Is that all right? All right. All right. Thanks for the compliment. You're welcome. Thank we you. all we all appreciate it. That's nice. It always comes in waves. We'll yeah. go, uh, six months without anyone saying anything nice about the show, right. and then one night, no one will say anything about nice about the show, and then we'll go another six months. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's a year. Yeah. And then one night somebody will say One night, yeah. two people in a row will say it, and then it'll be another six months. So that that's a love line roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, Save Ferris. Uh, it Means Everything is the name of the CD. Here's a song uh, that I enjoy. And this was like the first, this is the first hit off the album, right? It's actually, that's actually one of the first songs we recorded together. Oh, it is. Isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that's and off our first album, actually. Like the World is New? That yeah. recording is even off of our EP. Oh, it is. Yeah. And, and, you release this one basically first because somebody decided it was going to be a hit, and it was when a hit. We were, when we were in the studio, our um, the, the the guy who produced it, um, mm -hmm. Craig Knapp, he was like, "This is going to be your hit," and we didn't know. I mean, we were just like, "Okay, it's it's okay, it's our hit." Well, you know. So, and actually, after that, um, we met up with people in the industry and, and our manager and everything who said that it would be a great song. So. I think it is. For, for radio. And, Thank uh, you. For those of you who don't know what song we're talking about, here it is. Ah, the world is new. That's a really good song. Short, Thanks, sweet, Adam. but uh, leaves you wanting more. That's what she said. Yes, doesn't it? It means uh, everything is the name of the CD, and we'll be back with Save Ferris. Oops, sorry, Mike. <laughs> Freaking out tonight after this. <laughs> All right, everybody. True Car, you know how much I love these guys and their app. I spend uh, a lot of time on it, and it's a way to see exactly what's going on in your area. You pick a car, learn about the cars, and see what people are paying for the very car, the exact car you want. 
You know, there was previous ways to buy cars. You went and hang out on a lot. Now technology evolves. Everything evolves. Buying cars evolves. It advances. It makes sense that there's a new and better way to buy a car. Well, that's now called TrueCar. The TrueCar app is special, unique. Their certified dealer network is unsurpassed. They've partnered with over 10,000 TrueCar certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. It's hassle-free. It's easy. It's fun. Use the TrueCar app. You can get guaranteed savings. TrueCar certified dealers will honor the savings that are guaranteed and locked in at TrueCar on your TrueCar app. It is that simple. True Car and True Car Certified Dealers. And using True Car Certified Dealers, you will save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. No headaches, no hassle. It's fun. And if you don't even want to buy a car, you just want to learn about it, check out the app. Two million cars sold through True Car Certified Dealer Network, and you will work directly with the certified dealer contact. It is easy. It's evolved. It's technology. It's made simple. It's about time. Hi. This is Aaron, Scott, and Tavis, and we're Real Big Fish, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. <laughs> She's very nice. She's a very interesting person. All right. Hey, what? Is the show started? Oh, it has. Okay. <laughs> when Mike gives me that blank stare, it usually means he gets That's, not, that's, a, that's a hostile, violent, uh, enraged look. That's oh, it a is. Blank stare. It's like, you are a scumbag. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Save Ferris is here. Monique Hello. and uh, T-Bone. And, hey, did you hear that uh, Michael Hutchins from uh, NXS died over the... What did he die of? Asphyxiation. Mm, is it a, a drug thing or something? No, I think I the hanging is what I'm hearing. I mean, he killed himself? Mm-hmm. Or is, is it, it one it, of those... I, I don't know if they know it for sure yet, but what, what I had heard... Well, I, I heard asphyxiation by hanging. That's, by what, hanging. I, that's what I'm hearing. Well, let, yeah. me, uh, let me just say this. Um, we don't do much of this on the show, but those guys were all in here about two or three months ago, weren't uh, they? Yeah, it's a great guy. Uh, over the summer? Yeah, it's a, it's a... Uh, he, he was a uh, real nice guy, and the whole band was really nice. And I sort of expected them to be dicks, yes, too. I, yes. I don't know why, but yeah. uh, I did. And, uh, and they were, weren't. They're both uh, actually probably had, like the whole band in here. Yeah. But anyway, um, everyone was amazingly nice. Uh, he was amazingly nice, and we had a great time with them. So... Uh, our condolences. That's, that's sad. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's always uh, weird. It's 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 weird when you you know I mean, he's in here. He's jovial. Uh, he's uh, shooting the breeze. And uh, I mean, this just you know a few months ago. He uh, left it. He had a little young daughter. Yeah, that's too. what I heard. Right. Oh, so I, anyway, I didn't know the full story. On just heard he we'll, died. We'll hear more. Okay. I didn't want to comment until I got more detail. So, Mike. Yeah, you're 33. That's correct. Adam Hay, Save Ferris. My question is for the good doctor. Mike. I have, uh, to say the least, a rather colorful drug history. And uh, what happened as a result is I have hepatitis C. So you have chronic C. Chronic C. Right. <clears throat> My question is, how transmittable is this through sex? It's about the same as HIV. I think, I think really? a, a convenient way to think of it is to think of it that it's a virus that's very similar to HIV. And it's transmitted in the same routes and about the same infectivity. Because the doctor I saw told me it was like a one in a thousand chance. They've done lots of studies. Yeah, it's very. In fact, there was there was there has been debate over the years as to whether it is transmissible that way. But I am categorically convinced it is. 
And but here, here's the deal. HIV is not the easiest thing to spread that's correct. either. But and just like HIV. You, just, you don't want to say that. That's right. And just like <laughs> it sounds kind of irresponsible. And just like HIV, if you're a receptive partner in anal intercourse, that sort of thing, then that's you know a very effective way to get this disease. It's an interesting disease. I mean, people have not heard that much about it yet, but it is devastating. It uh, frequently, maybe 60-70% of the time, an exposure to hepatitis C results in chronic C. Most of the time, chronic C is active and oftentimes can lead to liver, liver cirrhosis and liver cancer. And it is treatable. It is, it is quite treatable right now. We are going to see a time, I predict, that you people will monitor the viral levels of hepatitis C and HIV, for that matter, just the way diabetics monitor blood sugar. That you're going to be able to adjust your medications to make sure you're suppressing the production of the virus. There's guys out there that have the technology. It just hasn't sort of moved into the mainstream yet. What's the difference between hepatitis C and chronic C? Uh, C is just the acute initial viral infection, and the chronic condition, some about 60-70% of the time, sets up, and there's a chronic infection of the liver cells that leads to cirrhosis and cancer. I, uh, I too, see a day, Drew. Oh, and Mike? What's going on? Right now, my liver functions are normal. Good. Um, what are the chances that uh, this is going to come back and haunt me? Well, uh, if you about eighty-five percent of the people that have it live a normal life and it never bothers them. Mm, well, look, you need to see a hepatologist because that's not true. You need to find out if you ever had a liver biopsy. No. So you don't. We don't really even know if you have chronic C or not. You need. You know that you were exposed to it because you have the antibody to it, but you have to get the liver biopsy. And if you had it, you have to get treatment. Mm. Because this can be, if not completely eradicated, certainly slowed. Does a coroner perform the liver biopsy? No, <laughs> no. How do you really, do that? It's pretty simple. We just, it is? just you, they oh, do no. mostly ultrasound yeah, guided now, and good. they just take a needle and just go like that in the side. It's like almost people that have it done they feel it feels. They say that it feels like just being punched in the side, which mm. is uh, pleasant, or which is not pleasant, but oh, not okay. as horrible as you might think. And this needle goes in. Uh, this crocheting hook goes in, grabs a piece of your liver, and comes out. Yes. Uh, you with it? Yes. While you're awake? Yes. That sucks. <clears throat> yeah, that no does anesthetic? suck. <laughs> the local. But it really doesn't hurt as much as you think. Uh, how deep you got to send that in to grab a piece of liver? <laughs> About two inches. And uh, what do you... Um, uh, the liver's not uh, pissed off about this at all? Uh, there's no it, reaction? It, it's ultrasound guided and surprising. There's about a, I don't know the data off the top of my head, but there's a very slight risk of bleeding. So, so they used to watch them in the hospital, right? Now they pretty much send them home the same day. Because if I was the liver, I'd be like, hey, what yeah. the F? <laughs> I may just uh, shut down and uh, no. uh, ram some bile uh, somewhere <laughs> or something. No. Is that what the liver does? Yeah, could. Oh, could. See, that's what I'd do. Andrew? Barbara? Yes. You're uh, 17. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I have a problem. Hey, Andrew. Yeah? You got the radio on back there? No. Nah. What do you have on? My aunt is talking to me in the background. Okay. She won't leave me alone. Well, put her on. Let, let me talk to her. <laughs> you already talked to her. I did? Yeah. She oh. called last week with a problem because they're her boyfriend and child support and all that. Uh-oh. Yeah, I thought I ordered an airstrike uh, yeah, you on did. that one. Yes, you did. Jeez, I really got to talk to my guys. I probably took out an innocent family. And look at the advantage that you actually... <laughs> Andrew, are you calling from home? No, I'm at my aunt's house. The, the same one you yeah, called the strike Yeah, on. I called one in on the... Oh, boy. No, okay. um, I'm having a... I'm going away from these smart uh, missiles now, Drew. I'm just going to start taking out blocks again. Uh, it's enough of this. Uh, too many people are getting through the cracks. All right, Andrew, what is your question? Well, uh, I'm my real father... He was, uh, like, really into drugs and all that, and 
violence. And he used to, all I know about him is that he used to do drugs and beat on my mom. And then after 17 years, he wants to come back into my life. And he, he came up to me and confronted me, and I have, like, all this anger built up, and I don't know mm -hmm. how, how to project it. And he wants to be, like, just... Well, why, why did, what did he do, contact you? No, he came by and visited me. Okay. Well, form of contact. Was he out of, let out of prison or something? Yeah. Oh, he was. All right. He got out. What is his intent in contacting you? He wants, he wants to, um, like, finish, I guess, what my stepdad has done. What has he done? Raise me. Mm -hmm. He wants to come back to my life and be Why? But why? What's motivating him? What's motivating him? Yeah. I don't know. He just showed up one day. Is he in recovery from his drug addiction? No, he's not. Is he, so is, is he, he still for, getting high? Uh, he says he's not. Mm, but he's not in some kind of recovery program? No, not that I know. Because sometimes when people get into recovery, they want to make amends and try to reestablish relationships that they screwed up. So that's one possibility. The other is he may just need a place to live. And, and his conscience could be bothering him and so on and so forth. Andrew? Yeah? Here's what you do. Just be honest with him. Tell me, have a lot of anger uh, toward him for his actions in the past. You're not ready to forgive him right now, but you're not, you know, going to uh, totally rule out the right. notion that of is, having a relationship with him. That is the right answer. But just you're not capable of doing it right and, now. And you even if it's time. even if in the context of some healthy recovery that he's trying to make amends, uh, he should understand that this is part of the wreckage of his past, and it may take a long time for him to be accepted back to the people he's trying to make amends with. Andrew, yeah, you're twenty. Yep. What's going on? Not much. First of all, I just wanted to say hi to say Ferris. Hi. hi. I saw you guys in a little record store in Reno one time. Oh, uh, was oh that Insurrection? Or? Yeah, it's closed down now, unfortunately. Well, that sucks. Oh, no. That was a cool store. The yeah. guy who owned it was so nice. He took us all out for drinks afterwards. Yeah. You know a funny was... story about that show? What's that? Um, both Jose and I were um, playing with our... Um, Zippers down. The whole show. The whole show. Really? We didn't know it. Well, I didn't notice either, so. That's good. Some girl walked up to us afterwards, and she's like, did you do that on purpose? And we're all, uh, heck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did it on Yeah, not funny. Yeah, I even had my penis shrunk before the show <laughs> to make it extra funny. <laughs> so what's up? I wish I could find the guy shrunk it. Well, I, I guess my question would be either for Monique or for Dr. Drew, Monique for the women's point of view. All right. Um, I'm 20 years old, and I've never had sex. Um, I'm wondering if my height has something to do with it. How tall are you? Six foot eight. Uh, Will Chamberlain was seven two and had sex with uh, half of North America. Well, well my <laughs> problem is I'm tall, white, and uncoordinated, so mm. basketball is pretty much out of the picture. Yeah, they, uh, they. Um, mm, it is true that any kind of physical abnormality. Difference. When I say difference. abnormality, difference. Well, it's not normal. Abnormal. Yeah. 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 I mean. Anything over uh, six five, six six, it gets a little weird. And anything under, uh, I don't know, five six or something like that for guys. Uh, there's, there's, but these are obstacles. You can right. get past them, but you won't get past them if you if you focus on them nonstop, and then uh, have this sort of self fulfilling prophecy well, with stuff. That's, that's always the thing, you know. Wherever I work, uh, basically everywhere I go, you know, I'll say I'll walk past a stranger. No more than five feet away, they'll just shout at the top of their lungs, my God, that guy's huge. And it's just like, well, it's, it is such uh, 
big thing no matter in no matter what situation I'm in. Are you a big guy or just uh, tall and lanky? Like uh, I'm have, I'm midway between lanky and stocky. Okay. I think I think this will work itself out. You're still sort of filling into your, you know what I mean? Still sort of getting into his own skin. Yeah, all the guys I knew in high school that were the big behemoth types um, never got any chicks, while all the uh, wiry monkey boy type guys, the uh, Iggy Pops, uh, were, were off uh, getting laid left and right. I could never quite figure that out. I'd always yeah. grown up thinking that women wanted that sort of he-man uh, kind of guy, but uh, it's not true. All the uh, skinny, uh, like uh, IV guys, all the uh, strung out uh, uh, veiny guys, uh, they seem to get all the chicks. Yeah, but it does even out as you get as you get older and you grow in your body and everything because right. you're probably big and goofy. What size shoe do you yeah. wear? Uh, I'm a 14. Ah. Now I was just going to say you're, you're probably pretty lucky because you're more likely to date models than any short guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's just... No, you know what? I think um, you're probably made aware of it all the time when you're you know walking around or, or whatever. Yeah. It, I, I really hope that you're not you know, self-conscious about it, because that really shows through. I, I try not always. to think about it, but yeah. the fact, you know, it, it's brought up on just totally at random. Yeah. Sometimes yeah but here's the thing. People don't really look at that as a handicap, so they go ahead and bring it up all the time. I mean, right. when someone's fat, they say, hey, lard ass, come here, I want to uh, show you something. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't do that as much because it's it's considered uh, a handicap. They feel sorry for these people. Yeah. Right. People, uh, usually, uh, people look at people who are tall as people are blessed, mm. in a sense. Not freakishly tall like yourself, Andrew. <laughs> oh, thanks. But uh, not circus tall. You know, uh, doorways, uh, I know from being a carpenter, are 6'8". That's the right. height. That well, is the regulation for a it, doorway. To a point where, I mean, there are some doorways I have to duck through, but, I mean, even if I don't, it's just on instinct. You know, I duck through doorways now. It's, right. It doesn't matter how tall it is. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think, I mean, you sound really charming and quite attractive. Oh, thank you, know. you. I don't, I think, you know, being attractive is really a state of mind, and I think women really, well, intelligent it's women it pick is up true. on that. Very true. It's true so, to you. Other people still look at you as ugly. But as far as your own mind, you may feel attractive. I don't know what that gets you because people still see uh, see with the funky hair and the big teeth and stuff. But uh, I've always felt attractive, Drew. Never got me anywhere, but... You're just proving uh -oh. their own point. Yeah, you get chicks, don't I? No, I know. Oh, I'm very good looking now. Just, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, it's the point of distraction. Whereas uh, people don't think I can have a personality with these kinds of looks. You know, Drew? If I'm just a big slab of meat, then uh, <laughs> I, don't trust you. I don't know why they're with me. I you're don't know if it's, it's the... Uh, you're just a prize. Uh, the, any woman, you're just a prize. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't want to be just another uh, notch in their uh, vibrator <laughs> or whatever women put notches in. Drew, what do they do? I don't know. Okay. All right. Drew's done with the show. No, I'm not. All right. I'm done six, with this segment. Six, eight <laughs> is fine. There's no, yeah. There's no problem with that. You're tall. You're few t few inches taller than most. Uh, but I can guarantee you, there are plenty of guys walking around out there who are five six, five seven, who would give the their left nut to be six eight. Yes. I guarantee that. Don't get mired in it. Just find yeah, yourself someone fine. who's interested in he you. Sounds like a great guy too. That. Okay, mm -hmm. we'll be back. From the writer of The Devil Wears Prada and the director of 500 Days of Summer. Who doesn't love those two films? These people have gotten together and created Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's what's being called a demented take on the modern musical, raunchy, original songs 
starring and co-created by the internet sensation Rachel Bloom. And yes, she can sing. Yes, she can dance. The Hollywood Reporter names Rachel Bloom, quote, one of TV's 10 hot stars to watch. The new series USA Today says, quote, maybe fall's most promising comedy. Critics agree. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is, quote, something to sing about. Check it out. The trailer at CWTV.com. It's an incredible new series. Chances are you've been or been around a crazy ex. And this particular story, Rebecca Bunch, always a little goofy, particularly about one guy, very first love. Then she gets a second chance 10 years later when she meets him again. She's leaving a dream job in New York to follow this dream man to West Covina. Yes, West Covina. You guys know where that is next to Covina. Used to have friends that hung out there in the high school. All new episodes Monday at 8, 7 Central on The CW. Hey, hey all right. Cats. It's uh, Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Monique and T-Bone are both here from Save Ferris. No, Monique is not here. Where's she? Water. She's in the bathroom? Oh, yeah, because yeah, you guys did line her and she couldn't run out. It's all right, all that's fine. We know. <laughs> it's funny when people uh, take the show seriously. Like, uh, we'll go to a commercial and they'll go... Do I have time to run out and yeah. go to the bathroom? And you go, yeah, sure. whatever. Go ahead. Go home. Go to the bathroom at home. Well, we don't care. Well, um, if, uh, if we come back uh, and the lights are, no, 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 just, just come in. And, uh, yeah, oh, hey, hey, give me a granola bar. <laughs> Isn't it funny when people, uh, meanwhile, Drew's uh, yapping it up in the hall with Ann, and I have to call him on the air to come in and start the show and stuff. Uh, there's, really, uh, uh, there's really no protocol to all of this show. Just uh, go to the bathroom. If you got to go Stay number up. two, uh, go number two and waltz in when you're good and ready. Pants around the ankles. Uh, no excuses no, necessary. Adam usually does it, so. Michelle. Yes. They're 26. I am. I'm a little over the hill. Hey. And I'm very happy to be talking to you guys. Um, I started listening to, listening to y'all probably, I don't know, six, seven months ago, and I really appreciated um, your honest feedback that you give to people. Well, thank you. Um, I, like, I really like Adam's uh, cut through the crap attitude yeah it's yeah. weird people enjoy and enjoy that in a, in, a, in a weird maniacal kind of way you know i'm i'm, I'm sick of all the beef or, or they fish. or strangely they get you wrong on both coming and going either, <laughs> either they're too either they're too appreciative of what you what you say like michelle or they don't get it at all and they, they think you're making fun of people yeah, no. funny. which you're not. You really are not. When well, you do make fun of you're them, making though, light. A good reason for it. Well, yes. Or are we making light of the issue so it's more comfortable to talk about some of this stuff, and so we can all share it on a common ground? Is really what it's about. Well, let me, I, I, this is a compliment. Let me explain. For you. This is like giving a uh, bear kudos for cramping on a crop <laughs> and providing a much-needed fertilizer <laughs> for the soil. Oh, the bear's just taking a dump. I'm just the bear taking the dump. Uh, if 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 it, yeah. if it makes a more entertaining show and more people listen in, and right. then we get to help more people via Dr. Drew and his uh, half-baked um, uh, medical advice, so be it. But I look at myself as the bear taking a dump. Right, Drew? Yeah. Okay. Whatever you say. All right, so, Michelle, yeah. what's up with you? Okay, you had a caller just a minute ago before me, the guy who was real tall, six foot eight. Yeah, yeah. Like he wanted that? to hang himself, but he couldn't find anything uh, high enough. So I... <laughs> Well, I'm really feeling bad, though. It hasn't been late. Did he yet. ever say it? Did he ever give you his weight? No. No. See, I've got a, bro- a younger brother who's six, seven and a half, and weighs one fifty-five. Ooh, oh. that's sick. Yeah, that ain't right. Anyway, I'm I myself am very tall, and it's been a hang-up forever. Why? Um, why? I because thought I thought uh, guys like tall women. You know, I 
people have told me that, but I just don't believe it's true. What I found yeah. is that tall guys tend to like the real short ones. Oh, how funny. Yeah, it's I true. You always see the real tall guys with the little, um, you know, figure skaters. <laughs> yeah, the little itty-bitty ones. Is it the women that like the Is it the women liking the tall guys? Because short guys like tall women. Well, tall guys have told me, well, guys in general have said that they do like small women because they're able to protect them. They like that feeling of being a lot bigger than the girl. I like a small woman because it makes my penis look bigger. (laughs) It's like it's all perspective. You know what I mean, Drew? Whatever you say. Please. Um, anyway, yeah. Well, I was reluctant to get the queen size bed. It made my penis look smaller. But you know what? But it is <laughs> like an army cot. But it's interesting that you, there's, a, as usual, an element of truth in what you're saying, and that is that mm-hmm. men are threatened by women generally. And so a woman that is physically imposing. Do you really believe that? Yeah, I think. I, think, I keep yeah, hearing it. Yeah. I can't buy it. No, I th- think there is a little, and that's why our culture reflects that a little bit. I think men have a little anxiety about women in general. Uh, that's why misogyny is so prevalent. But uh, I think a, a physically imposing women would sort of tap into those fears more readily. Well, here's the bottom line. It, um, we can argue about height to where everyone's blue in the face. Uh, Susan yeah. Anton is like 6'1". Susan Anton is 6'1", full of tan, blonde, uh, tight-butted uh, spokesmodel and has never had any difficulty getting dates, although she's dating Dudley Moore. She or is? was was going out with Dudley Moore. So, uh, well, the, but short guys like the tall girls. How That's bizarre sure. is that? Yeah. Susan yeah. Anton, he must have to like, get a uh, stepladder to go down on her. Oh. Please. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> he, has a, he needs a spot to have oral sex. Well, okay. everyone always says that, you know, when you really get down to it and you cut to the bottom line, height doesn't matter. Right, right. but uh, here's, here's what I'm saying. Okay, what if, you if you're really beautiful and you're 6'1", then you're really well, beautiful and 6'1", okay. everyone wants to go there's, out with you. There's the problem. What if you're just average? What happens when you're just average? Um, and what I found, I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly thin, but I'm not real heavy either. And having this hang-up about my height has, has led to a lot of borderline uh, eating Weirdness. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And because I found that when I lose weight, um, it's noticed more. Yeah. I get more response from men. But I probably every woman can say that, though, I right? I get dates. But couldn't every woman say that? I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. not even a woman, and I'm going to say that. Yes. It sucks. <laughs> yes, that's true. Wait a minute. What sucks? You mean that, the, that men are so de- so uh, n- uh, tuned into all that? Wait, oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. That's how guys are. I mean, kind of can't blame them. I know, but the, the world is a very aesthetic place. It, it it really is, and you know, sad but true. You know, I mean, you know, you can argue with it, you can fight with it, you can you can tell everyone how wrong it is, but ultimately, uh, just get a nicer car and lose some weight and um, join them. That's. <laughs> That's my motto. Yeah, but then if you do that, they're going to judge you for something else. Well, yeah, but it like le- either your nose is too big or uh, your arms are too long. You sweat too much. You yeah, got well, stinky that, breath. That I've been judged for. Whatever. Yeah. I think essentially the concept is to just kind of like who you are and not give a crap what anybody else thinks. It, it's a it's a great idea. It's just hard when you're uh, perpetually single. Mm-hmm. Uh, to really like who you are. Yeah, That's we, we the are, problem. Well, you're Look, probably per- per- perpetually single because you don't like who you are. But, well, but it's a fallacy, though, to think that you can exist as a person in a vacuum. And we define ourselves by our relationships with other people, and mm-hmm. we are social beings. And so to say, don't care about anybody else, is not, that's not reality. It's, but, not, but to, it's but, not about not caring about anybody else. It's, it's really not caring about their perception. 
It's caring about your own perception. It, it, it's about being true to your own values and not yeah. not l- allowing your feelings about yourself be, to be totally dependent on mm-hmm. the outside world. And it's it's a balance. I mean, everybody cares to some degree what people think of them, and and part of that's healthy. It keeps you from you know makes you wipe your ass before <laughs> you head out the house. Is that what makes you do that? Uh, that's my only yeah, reason. That and that and a little chafing, yeah. but mainly. <laughs> 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 Mainly, well, I mean, put it this way: I would, I would walk uh, through malls uh, with one hand in my shorts and the other finger in my nose. If you could, if, if I could. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if it was my mall and there's no one yeah. around, that's exactly what I'd be doing. You and wouldn't I would, be wearing shorts. I would urinate in yeah. the first potted plant uh, I saw, but I don't because I don't want to be judged that way. And a, a little bit of that. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> is that mature of me? <laughs> the, the point is, is a little, little bit of that is good. It keeps society in line to some degree. But then going home and beating up on yourself about it is, is taking it, taking it too far. Are we going to do the safe Ferris song? No. You sure? Ready Why? to two. We've played two songs okay. already. All right, three. Okay. Only the big stars I'm get just, three. Just ask. We don't even give the big stars three. Three. Line three. Oh, line three. Oh, okay. Kevin? Yes. Uh, you're 26? Yes. What's going on? Uh, my predicament is I'm a farmer, neo-Nazi skinhead. Mm-hmm. And my younger years, I had done a lot of disgusting and inhumane things to people, like burning crosses, terrorizing little black children, and inflicting personal injury upon people who were unable to defend themselves due to physical disabilities or drug addiction. All right. And around eight months ago, while home in Boston, I had met this uh, girl at a show. And we've been dating ever since. I've fallen in love with her. And I want to tell her about it. Hold on a second. Is this Dickie? No, it's not. Okay. I was just kidding, Drew. And and so, again, what's up with this girl? uh, Well, she's a Uh Mexican-American. And she just totally is appalled by skinheads, racist, sexist. And I'm I'm afraid if I tell her, I'm going to lose her. Mm. Wait, so my tell- question to you is: Should I tell her or keep it my skeleton? How long ago? Closet? How long ago was this something you did? Um, from the ages of seventeen to twenty-two. Gee. Um, you, yeah, but you you're no longer living that life, right? Uh, no. What happened to you that caused you to go that way? Were you beaten physically as a child? Uh, no. My parents were never around. I never had any friends. I was kind of a dork in high school, and these skinheads had befriended me, and. I just hung around with them. I started believing in their beliefs, and I just started. Mm. They would do so. I would keep them as friends. Well, I mean, mm. oh, you don't believe that, Drew? Well, I mean, what about when you feel like uh, Kevin did, which was like uh, an outsider, and then all of a sudden here's here's a, a chance to belong. But you don't. Pe- I mean, it's possible, but it's not likely. I mean, that you would join up. Not unless there was some significant... I mean, well, I could see you joining up, but I couldn't see you actually perpetrating exactly. some of the violence exactly. and stuff. Exactly. You have to have some pretty uh, heated emotional, emotional turmoil. You mean, actually, you went, like, uh, beat up. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.